411 Live. Well, you can learn about issues that affect us every day. Stay the world. 411 Real people, real talk. Made to help people in our community in every way. For your girl. As of early August, there had already been about 500 shootings in Milwaukee and about a little more than 150 homicides. It has people scratching their heads. What is going on? And then some people are not phased by it anymore. Meanwhile, lives are shattered, families are grieving, and anger is brewing. Hello, everyone. I'm Beverly Taylor, and this is the 411 Live, Real People, Real Talk. My guest today is um, very important, and I'm really, really glad that he's here. But he says that the violence we're experiencing is like a contagious virus. And that description, I think, is fantastic because I think that really describes it really, really well. Let me introduce you to him, Cornelius Hall. He is a violence interrupter supervisor for 414 Life and also works with the Milwaukee Christian Center as a credible messenger field lead. And he is also a certified gang expert. Welcome to you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You know what? I was listening. What was I reading or listening to a Bible study and the name Cornelius came up? Ah, yeah. Okay. And I thought, I'm going to be talking to a Cornelius. <laughs> All right. So. I really, really like your title, that violence interrupter, because, you know, what we need is some interruption of violence that's sure. going on. And, you know, just to be frank and, and be true, it's not just Milwaukee. I mean, this is happening all over the country, but Milwaukee is what we're focused on and what we're concerned about right now. I, um, like I said, I like your title. But I want to know what a violence interrupter means. I mean, what do you do? All right. Well, uh, first thing first, um, the violence interrupter started in Chicago, Illinois, under the Cure Violence model. Mm -hmm. um, we actually took that model here. The Office of Violence Prevention um, took the motto, you applied it to Milwaukee, and Forum for Life was created uh, as a violence interrupter, more or less. What I do is, um, of course, I respond to shootings, unfortunately, murders also in the city. Um, we really help out the family after the fact um, because it is an extremely traumatizing event. And uh, what people also don't understand is the neighborhood is also traumatized. Yeah. So we get boots on the ground. We have half of our team helping the family. We have half of our team helping the community that the violent act has taken place in. And then, uh, and that's mostly outreach. So then we go to the violence interrupter part. That's where I come in. I get down to why did it happen? Who, what, when, why, where? Uh, I, if there were street gangs involved, I'm going to go talk to both different street gangs. If it was a personal dispute, I'm going to go talk to uh, the families of both parties, the victim and the possible perpetrator. Uh -huh. um, and of course, that's uh, that could be considered high risk at times, depending on who we're dealing with, depending yes. on the area. But uh, that's kind of a job that I decided to take on. Uh, someone has to. Someone has to do it. And uh, we do it in hopes of stopping future retaliations because um, in this day and age, revenge is something that is expected within um, 
our culture in the inner city. So uh, we try to we try to stop that. We try to change the minds of uh, the people that are involved, family members. Um, and in a good amount of time, we do actually get good results. But also, again, it is hard to document a shooting or murder that didn't take place. Right. Yeah. That's extremely hard to do. And uh, at the higher levels of Forum for Life, the Office of Violence Prevention, the city of Milwaukee, we're trying to figure out better ways to capture that. Okay. So when you go in, okay, it's happened. You are going to the, the different groups. Say it's a gang thing. Yeah. Um, and you're talking to both sides. I mean, you're going there in the height of the emotion and everything, right? Yeah. Uh, one of our sayings at a Forum for Life is we meet people where they are. So I'm literally going to the neighborhood that these people reside in. I'm literally going to their home. Uh, if they decide that, you know, I'm going to feel comfortable with 20 of my people on this block, that's where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Um and of course, we always have an understanding before we go. We always make sure that we're safe. Uh, we never go anywhere alone. Um, but yes, we're meeting people essentially where they are, uh, not just physically, but mentally too. Right. Exactly where they are. Whatever mindset they're in, we're going to meet them right there. Okay. So I am. I'm a mediator, but uh-huh. I do mediation with uh, you know dealing with child custody or different things okay. like that. Nothing what <laughs> you're dealing with. So at that point, I'm just like, you've got to de-escalate because folks are, correct. you know, they're, they're tense. Mm-hmm. This has happened. They, you know, what do you do? I mean, how do you do that? It depends on the person. Okay. Uh, we do come, we, uh, we pay really close attention to the person's, um, th- their livelihood. I mean, down to their living situation. We're going to pay attention to all that. Of course, we're going to try to gain some leverage because we have so many different resources uh, that are at our fingertips uh, due to OVP, due to the Medical College of Wisconsin. So we are going to come in with something to give also. Okay. The outlook is, is, okay, we're going to try to stop this situation, but we are going to try to improve your life along with that. Uh-huh. It's easier to get people to listen to you and try to hear you out if, A, you know, my living situation will change, my employment situation will change. So not only are you not going to go to jail or be killed, you may be employed. You may have a roof over your head. Okay. You got to come in and offer something. I mean, you come in empty handed. I mean, what can you tell a person that uh, is in a blood feud with someone else if... um, they're homeless and this is all their life is right now. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no incentive to stop. Right. And you meet a lot of people in that situation. Right? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. A lot. A lot more than you would think. Okay. I'm also thinking that um, in this this area that you're working in, um, you're building relationships, too. Correct. Um that's the biggest part. As a violence interrupter, my networks mean more than anything. Um, that's the way I find out things. For instance, uh, just to give an example, um, a shooting fight or something takes mm-hmm. place. We assist people. We bring that situation to a ceasefire. That person knows me now. Both people know me. Due to how violence truly is, uh, it's truly like a, uh, a virus, people around them are infected with it too. So the next shooting, the next fight is going to be their family member. It's going to be their friend. And due to me making that connection with them during our first mediation, 
now I'm connected with them. Now they're adding me on Instagram. Now wow. I'm, I'm seeing their stories. I'm seeing uh, what they're up to, what they're going to be up to. Um, and it builds a bigger and bigger network. Milwaukee is a, it's a bigger city, but it's very small. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't want to get percentages out here, but uh, I believe uh, it's, it's a very small percentage of people doing all the shootings. Right. That is what I've, yeah. They all know each other. Yeah. One way or another, maybe one person, uh, maybe one person of separation away, but they all know each other. So you connect, you connect, you mediate with one person. Through that one person, you met five. So there's two people in the mediation. That's 10 people. The network gets bigger. Bigger and bigger. Yeah. Every single time. So do you have people sometimes calling you saying, Cornelius, uh, this is brewing? All the time. All the time. Daily. Um, and it's not just calls. It's uh, it's Instagram, too. It's Snapchat. It's Facebook. People are constantly reaching out. Um, what I've learned, most people, they don't want to shoot people. Most people, they don't want to die. They got into this argument. They had no idea that this guy was going to take it this far. The guy that took it that far, the only reason he took it that far because he thought the other guy was going to take it that far. Wow. It's what saving face. or Correct. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. It's, it's, it's mostly saving face. No one really wants to do this. Of course, you have the people that really want to. Mm-hmm. For the most part, no one wants to do it. So instead of we're, we're going to let you keep your ego and we're going to go handle this for you. You know, you know, we're not going to even in neither side is going to say they don't want the problem. You know, both sides are going to I'll do this. I'll do that. But okay, that's that's cool. But just let us go do the talking. We got you. And um, we usually come to a ceasefire due to that. This is phenomenal to me. I mean, to me, I look at the the problem, the solution, I guess, as almost like uh, a mixing bowl with you know, for, for cake and the ingredients that have to go into this. Correct. And I'm looking at the violence interrupters as a big part of the, the, the ingredients. Correct. And then there are other things that go in the mix as well. You know, the resources and all these mm-hmm. other things, but boots on the ground going where people are that I don't see how it works without that. I agree. I agree. Um, before getting into this, uh, I didn't know this existed. So um, there was a, a man at Forum for Life, uh, Hamed. He passed away. Um, he was one of the first people I seen do this. I was amazed by it, um, and I was uh, I was thinking, if only that was around when I was younger. Mm. Like how many lives would have been saved? Uh, how many people would have had the opportunity to walk away from something? You know, because we create those opportunities to walk away. It's so easy to walk away when there's people calling you, checking up on you, like you better not have done this. You know, mm-hmm. um, that was really my motivation for starting this, uh, just seeing it and seeing it actually work. And I'm like, OK, I need to become part of this. I need to do this. Yeah, it, it, it it's a no brainer. I mean, for it sure. just works. You haven't had any uh, pushback on this this program have you um politically no if we're going to talk about in the streets of milwaukee of course oh, yeah. uh yeah so in the streets of milwaukee not everyone not everyone wants a program like this because we have to keep in consideration if i'm stopping um a conflict from taking place i'm gonna i'm gonna also offer both parties resources these resources that job 
that housing in a different part of town. I could, if it's a teenager, I could be taking a drug runner away from a drug dealer. Mm. I could be taking uh, a street gang's main uh, shooter, quote unquote, uh, away from the gang, you know? Right. These are things that happen. Um, because during this mediation, I'm giving them this uh, this small ray of hope. They're seeing that it's a different life. Right, right. You know what? We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to continue this discussion. Um, a great discussion, by the way, Cornelius. Uh, so stay with us. This is the 411 Live. Real people, real talk. In a society that we were brought up in, it's very hard on little black boys. You have to navigate feelings and emotions so the world don't get you. Sometimes when I cry, I won't know how I'm feeling or why I'm crying. I just grew up never feeling like it was okay to cry. Yeah. And so he really forced me to have to reconnect with the kid that didn't get to cry. That's beautiful. drug dealer and I'll be your sub today. Two milligrams of fentanyl can be lethal. A lethal dose is in here. Who gets it, I won't know. It's cheap, it's potent, and it's profitable. The sad reality is fentanyl is being mixed into everything now. More kitchen now. I don't think that many kids in my son's school even do it. He makes fun of his friend who vapes. He would never try it. She's in the soccer. She's on the honor roll. She's just on the tape. No way. No way. No way. No way. My kid would never vape. Get your head out of the cloud. Today, nearly 8,000 kids will start vaping. Maybe even yours. Learn about the dangers at talkaboutvaping.org. I don't know why it's so sad. You've got a roof over your head. Bro, you gotta stop with that depression stuff. That's a white people thing. Escúchame, en esta casa, los hombres no lloran. You all right? It just feels like it's coming from everywhere. Do you want to talk about it? Thanks for hearing me out, bro. Appreciate it. You can talk to me if you're feeling sad. Whenever you need to talk, I'm here, OK? My name is Gary Parker. I served as a Calvary Scout and a military policeman in the United States Army for 20 years. When I was a Calvary Scout, we had a young lieutenant that came in, great guy, but he moved on, got promoted to lieutenant colonel, went on to Afghanistan, and I was able to keep in contact. And I'd wake up one morning, go on social media, and there's that post you don't want to see. For whatever reason, he, he took his own life. Nobody knows why he did it. And if there's something that we could have done to prevent it from happening, safe gun storage can prevent gun suicide because it's that added step to get to your firearm that might just give somebody a moment of reflection on what they're doing. As a veteran, we need to be ambassadors to people that don't have the knowledge that we have. 
Anytime you're not storing a weapon safely, you're putting yourself and your community at risk. Service never stops. Welcome back to the 411 Live. I'm here with Cornelius Hall. He is a violence interrupter in the city of Milwaukee. Uh, we've been talking about a lot of things, but uh, I wanted to kind of get around to all the, there's so many phases within what you do. I remember when we talked earlier, we were talking about, and I think I asked, are people always receptive? And we told you told me the story about a man who didn't want to accept the resources or didn't want want the help. No, I'm good. And you saw him again. Can you tell that story again? Okay, so I'm not gonna lie. There, uh, there are so many stories like that that you're gonna have to remind me of the exact. Oh, okay. I've had like four of them since the last time I talked well, to you. Oh so. wow. Okay, so this one you saw him, and then you ended up seeing him again at the hospital. Yes, um, there was a young man uh, got into a conflict. Uh, we tried to mediate it. The other guy that was part of the conflict was all for it. Um, he he wanted nothing to do with me. He absolutely nothing to do with me. Didn't even want to talk. Okay, have it your way. But I gave him the rundown of it, gave him my card, uh, and gave him my opportunity to reach out. Um, what, two weeks later? He was shot in another incident that had nothing to do with the person from the first uh, interaction that right. we had. So uh, I was reached out to by our hospital response supervisor, and she gave me the guy's name. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm <laughs> on my way. I go there. I talk to the guy, and uh, unfortunately, I was able to tell him, like, see, I told you we're going to work together. You know? right, right. <laughs> told you we were going to get this together, you know. And unfortunately, to that's to 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 explain how how horrible it feels for me when that takes place yeah. um I, there's not really words for it you know i'm extremely passionate about what i do uh and that story leads into uh one that isn't as fortunate um we actually had a situation where our car was stolen uh a guy went to retrieve his aunt's car that was stolen that was stolen uh, shots were fired. Uh, after that day, the team vigorously pursued him and his family to get a mediation out there. We had an idea of who was doing it. We had an idea of the caliber of danger in the situation. And due to due to the level of danger, we really pursued it. Uh, the man and his mother wanted nothing to do with it, nothing to do with it at all. Unfortunately, four weeks later, he was murdered at a gas station. Um, and the, the amount of loss I think the entire team felt at that time was ridiculous. Um, of course, I'm not going to say, you know, names, uh, but um, it became a more high profile situation yeah. due to the nature of the crime. But. Every time one of those things do take place, I mean, uh, me as a violence interrupter, and I know my entire team, even outreach, we all feel like we took, we've taken a big loss. Right. Because that was one we could have got in front of, you know? Yeah. So after that situation, I've tried to change tactics uh, when approaching people about our services. Uh, because the last thing I want them to do is pull away. Because the fact of the matter is that four on four life, if we come talk to you, and you don't know us, and we've just come to find you, you're in a situation. You're in a life and death situation. Mm -hmm. 
you're not in a, oh, you're going to get into a fight at the mall situation. You're in a way bigger situation than that. And, uh, of course, we're trying to figure out ways um, to approach people so that they understand that. We don't scare them, but we get them to a place where, hey, let us help you. So uh, sometimes they don't realize the ta- the danger they're in? No. Um, the crazy thing is, is uh, a lot of us in the city of Milwaukee, we see the, these violent acts happening on the news. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we never, as human beings, we never think that's going to be us. We, I mean, it could have happened down the street from us. Yeah. And uh, I think just um, the human mind actually fathoming what death is and how easy of a situation it really is. Death is as easy as walking out of your front door. It's as easy as taking out the garbage. It's really hard for the human brain to fathom that, though. Yeah. Uh, so most of the time, no one knows that they're going to get shot or killed. They don't even think the person that they're having this situation with is going to really do it. The people that end up doing it, they have no clue they're going to go really do it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a, it's a, that's maybe the hardest part of this job is convincing people like, hey, if, if you don't let us help you, this will happen. It's not an if, it's, it will. Right. You know, it's not an if, it's a when. They just have to believe and trust that you're telling them. For sure, because yeah. we've seen it so many times. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I, How do you, because what you're seeing in dealing with, you know, the shootings, the deaths, you know, the homicides, how do you protect Cornelius? Oh, um, man, I've gotten really spiritual in the last year and a half. Um, I've... Uh, I was uh, already confirmed Lutheran prior to got baptized and everything. Um, so I really lean on faith when it comes to that. Uh, and of course, I have my other little methods to do stuff. Uh, to be honest with you, every time I leave a crime scene, I kind of sage myself before walking into my home. Um, and I leave that outside of my home, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to the point that uh, if my wife isn't really bugging me trying to figure out stuff, we're not even going to talk about it. You right. know, sometimes it just doesn't need to be talk, take, uh, talking about. Right. So, um, and then of course I have an extremely strong support system, uh, at work, both jobs, uh, MCC and forum for life. Um, and we also through OVP, we also have a psychiatrist and everything else too. Um, so our support system is, is massive. Wow. That's great. So we've, we've talked about being the violence interrupter and, um, the that that element um but you also milwaukee christian center and uh, you know the title credible messenger field lead what does the the christian center do oh so oh my god the christian center has so many different programs uh from like a meal on wheels type of program uh so many different programs for community outreach um within uh hispanic uh neighborhoods um it's so many I I can yeah, yeah you can't like tick them off exactly yeah I got yeah. you I got yeah. you so uh, I can tell you what VFZ what, does what you do. so uh, I'm part of a sector of it called Violence Free Zone uh, it is a program that's within NPS schools and it's more of a big brother big sister program mm-hmm. within the schools we uh, kind of assist the kids uh, on their basic needs but also we assist their families on uh, bigger needs that may be needed. Um, outside of the school, we realized that if the home is good, 
the school work is going to get done. But if the home, if things are going on in the home, yeah, we're going to, it's going to reflect on a kid inside of the school. Um, And unfortunately we also have the mediation part, you know, Um, as you know, in the city of Milwaukee, uh, our youth gang membership is very high right now. Very high. Um, Groups like the Kia boys and, there's a couple other groups I won't name, but there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to mediate things between those kids too, to make sure it doesn't spill off into the street and we have a violence interrupter situation then. Right. Um, so yeah, uh, the the violence free zone, it's not only us, I believe it's um, West Care, Running Rebels are part of it. Uh, and we're just in all different school, big brother, big sister type program, assisting the kids uh, as much as we can in and out of school. That's huge. Starting young is very important. For sure. Um, You know, we were talking about all the different things. There is a kind of a Milwaukee underworld. Oh, yes. That we don't see. For sure. And that's where things, I guess, can kind of brew. Yeah, uh, actually, um, it's in front of us. It's all around us Uh all the time. When me and my team members at Forum for Life and Milwaukee Christian Center, when we clock in, that's the world we're entering. It's just for us when we clock out to walk out of it um, and make sure everything is in place for us to walk out of it safely. Mm. But yeah, the Milwaukee underworld is all around us is very prevalent. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of growing, kind of. Uh, it's, it's just become our culture here. How do you change the culture? Um, you know, we're trying to figure that out every day. We do have the blueprint for peace uh, from Forum for Life. I, I should have brought one. Um, that kind of outlines what it takes to have a, you know, a, a better community so that this underworld isn't on every single block. Not saying that it is, but in areas that it's there, it's the majority. And um, we have some, in some areas, we have neighbors that are hostage in their own area, you know. Uh, unfortunately, but um, our underworld is expressed um, within Milwaukee. It's, it's expressed greatly. Um, I mean, you can YouTube, you can look at our rap videos. It's uh, it's all over the news every single night. You know, most of these situations are all connected. Right. Um, it's just unfortunately became almost mainstream. And that's uh, that just. Uh... It's like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, is, what is it? Is there gangs and this kind of criminality gives kids something that they're missing, is feeling a void? That- actually, uh, and I don't mean to interrupt, but actually, no, um, see, I'm 35. So back when I was coming up, yeah, it was to fill a void something wasn't wasn't being given in the house there was basic needs that weren't being met so you would join something and you know you would go outside and sell some drugs do something mm-hmm. but now it's uh it's cool to be in a gang it's cool to be known as uh, a shooter um it's cool to be a gangster um the craziest thing is is in my time period being a shooter was the lowest level of street person Really? Yeah, okay. lowest level. No one wanted to be the shooter. And uh, now everyone wants to be the shooter. You become popular from the shooter, from being the shooter. Um, 
back when there were guys that um, they were intellectual, they thought things out, they ran the neighborhood. Now it's who has killed the most people. They run the neighborhoods. Man. Okay. We're almost out of time. Is there something that the community can do? Get involved. No one can change our communities but us. Uh, no matter how much money is given at a government level, it doesn't matter uh, if we're not going to get in there and do the work ourselves. We really have to clean up our own communities. We really, we really have to uplift our own within our own community, block by block. Um, there can't be a situation where we turn a blind eye to it because today you're the witness, tomorrow you're the victim. Yeah. Hard realities, right? Correct. Well, like I said, we're out of time. I could talk to you for another hour, I tell you. <laughs> Cornelius Hall, he is a, um, a violence interrupter supervisor for 414 Life, and he is with the Milwaukee Christian Center as a credible messenger field lead, doing some incredible work. So thank you. Thank, thank you, you for, you know, all your colleagues, you know, for what you guys do. I think, man, I can't say enough about it. It's so needed, so very needed. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you for joining us for another edition of the 411 Live. Real people, real talk. Go to our website, the411live.org, if you would like to donate. We are a nonprofit organization. Until next time, I'm Beverly Taylor. This is the 411 Live. Real people, real talk. If you would like to check out past episodes, there are many ways. Go to your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Like and watch us on Facebook. Watch and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you have suggestions for future episodes, go to our website, the411live.org. 